Okay, let's begin Parshas Vayigash, Tavshinayin Tess. Um, as we get towards the end of Sefer Bracious, just scheduling note next week, I won't be able to give a shear. Uh, I'll be traveling. The following week, I get back that Wednesday, so I'm not sure. But either way, there are 10 years worth of Vayigash and Vayichi. Hopefully the Torah does not get stale. So on the OU uh, website, on the archives, they are there. So feel free to listen next week and the following week. I just don't know. Um, you know, If not, we'll pick up with... with um, Va'era, if I don't get to give Shmos, Abedashem in, uh, in a couple weeks' time. Okay, Vayigash. One of the most, if not the most, exciting Parsha in the entire Torah. We left off on a cliffhanger at the end of Parsha's Miketz, and at the beginning of the Parsha we have maybe the longest, if not one of the longest, speeches in all the Torah. Yehuda's speech, Yehuda's soliloquy, that he says, you know, what he feels, he says what, what he means, and that's what broke Yosef finally. And that's what made Yosef finally give in and recognize that the time is up, according to all the different shatim of why Yosef uh, covered up his identity. Maybe he felt like at this time they had done shuva. You know, maybe at this time he felt the nevuos had been fulfilled. Whatever the reason is, it finally, it finally came out. We'll get back to the first Rashi on the parsha, But let's just go a little bit in first. When Yehuda is discussing... Uh, what's going to happen? Vahaya, right by Shani. Kirosoki in an arva You know what's going to happen? If our father, we go back and the Binyamin is not with us, he's going to die. He's going to have a heart attack right there. Vahoridu avadecha sevat avdecha avinu biyagon sheola. You'll bring him to the grave. You're going to bring your evid. You're going to bring Yaakov avinu. You know, he's not going to be able to, to, uh, to survive. And therefore, please, please let us, uh, have, let us have Binyamin. Says Rashi. Says Rashi on this pasik, Lamed Aleph, he's going to die. Aviv Mitzarato. His father's going to die just out of out of pain. Says the looked in the Yagdo Torah, he quotes the story of the Beis Yisrael. The Beis Yisrael quotes that somebody once came to the Svasemes. The Chazak came to the Svasemes with a taina. She called Yumei Chayav Tarach Avur Yeladav. His whole life is for his children. His whole life. And he doesn't feel that his children are giving enough back to him as he gets older in his older age. So he doesn't know, you know, what's, what's, I don't understand. This Fasemes, again, doesn't give him a good answer, but gives him a good answer. He says, well, it's not a Chiddush that parents do more for children than often, or sometimes, children do for parents. And he quoted our Rashi. What is our Rashi? The Yehuda says, Father, Yaakov is going to die out of Tsar. Yehuda told Yosef, Why didn't Yehuda say, and we're going to be left ten orphans without a father? Why is it Dafka? Yaakov's going to die because of the pain. And what about us? Well, because we're younger, our hearts are in better shape. Why did he focus on Yaakov's pain and not on all of their pain? Ela Roim says the Svasemes. The pain of a father losing a child, and again, this is life. We don't need the Svasemis for this, but he says it. The pain of a father on a child is greater than a child on a father. One might say that it's not natural. One might say that it's not the normal way things happen. But that's what the Svasemis is. That's what, that's what Rashi emphasizes that. That the father is going to die meets Sarah of losing the son and not the opposite. Okay, and that we know maybe from life. But the Ustrov, sir, says maybe there's a source for it. 
There's a source for a parent having more pain about a child, about something happening to the child, than the child to the to the uh, to the parent. Says Kikenu, Kikenu beteva habria, kitchunos hanefesh ovrim biyerusha midar ladar. The Tchunas of the Nefesh go Midar Ladar, right? Passed down from generation to generation, says the Asrav, sir. Vaharei la Adam Harishon lohaya Abba. Adam didn't have a father. Adam, the first person, didn't have a connection to his parent. Hashem considered himself the father of humanity, and therefore, it was Ke'ilu, there was a parent to the child, but there was no child to, there was a child to the parent, but there was no parent to the child, says the Asrav, sir. And that's in the Teva of the Bria. The Teva of the Bria, the first person did not have the love for a parent, but he received the love of a parent, Avinu. And that went on for generations. Avas ben Yoser, Avas haben la'aviv. Even more. That's the structure. One might add what has been pointed out and we pointed out in the past. Uh, the first time love appears in the Torah. Right? The Mepharshim say, I think it's the Chidah or the Gra, one of the various Mepharshim say, if you want to know the, the, the source of a certain idea, look at the first time it appears in the Torah. We've mentioned often, where's the first time love appears in the Torah? Not husband and wife, not Rivka and Yitzchak, but Avraham and Yitzchak. Ironically, when Hashem commands Avraham to kill his son, Asher Ahavta es Yitzchak. Right? The love that's described there is a parent to a child love. That's the ultimate, pure, unadulterated love. And that is what existed here. And that's why Yehuda says, our father is going to die, meet Saras, losing a son. And he doesn't focus on the other element of ten orphans being left without a without a uh, a father. Okay, let's go back now to the beginning of the of the parsha and really toward the end of last week's parsha. First, the beginning of our parsha. So Yehuda comes forward. Yehuda, Let let your servant let us say something. Don't be angry. Don't be angry that I'm about to give a long speech. Kichamocha kifaro. Don't be angry. Rashi quotes, we've quoted in the past, kichamocha kifaro, all the different shatim that Rashi gives, three or four different shatim. But let's focus on the middle phrase this year. Don't be angry with me. Why would Yosef be angry with him? So Pashas, you would just say, he's talking a lot in front of the king and he's trying to beg for forgiveness. Rashi, vayicharabcha, he must have had a, uh, not a, a harsh, a harsh tone to his words. It doesn't say that in the text. But sometimes when you read something, there's a difference, right? Sometimes we want a, a phone call is different than an email. Why? Because there's a how you say it. Not just what is said. There's a tone. There's a softness or there's a harshness. So Chazal learn out from, don't be angry. What? He didn't say anything yet. Dibri love kashos. Right? He was talking in a certain tough tone. Maybe it's referring to what's afterwards. Ki According to the Pshatim of Ki is is Dvarim Kashim. But asks the Nachlas Yaakov, the Nesivas, Rabbi Yaakov Milisa. First question, why was, why was Yehuda talking kashos to him? 
Did he know that Yosef planted the goblet? So why was he talking in this way? Furthermore, L'chora nireshu tamua. Shemitchila, let's go back for a moment. Let's go back, says the Nesivas, to the end of last week's parsha. What happens? The brothers are traveling back, and Yosef Shlia comes and says, What you do, Shlatem Rotakas Tova, you stole the goblet. What do the brothers say? Back at the end of Miketz. We would never do such a thing. Right, where did the Lashon Chalila come from? Right here. Chalila. Right, we got the money back. We're going to steal something? What do they say? Wherever you find the goblet, Chayiv Misa. And we'll also be servants. So what does Yehuda himself say? What do all the brothers say? All the brothers say, you know what? The one who has it is Chayiv Misa and all the rest of us will be Avadim. Then what happens? Yosef says, he lessens their suggestion. It sounds appropriate. But Yosef says, Yosef goes down. Not death and servitude. Freedom and servitude. Right? He switches. Right? The other people will get nothing. Only the person who it's found by will not get death, but just get servitude. And everybody else will go free. And they quickly agreed, or they didn't agree, they quickly searched and they found it in Binyamin's Amtachat and they teared their clothing. And what does Yehuda say? We'll all be avadim. So first Yehuda says, death and servitude. Yosef says, no, I'll be Mekel. Then Yehuda says, okay, we'll all be avadim. And Yosef says, no, only one of you, only one of you. And all of a sudden, Yehuda starts talking harshly to him. Yosef keeps being Mako. Yehuda keeps saying a harsh punishment that Yosef is always going down. Okay, yes, it's to leave Binyamin alone. But ask the Nasivis. Diber Elav Kashos, what did Yosef do wrong? Bechimishum, back to the Nasivis now, in source number two. Because he was good to them and he freed them. Why was Yehuda Choshed? Why, why did, was Yosef deserving of being spoken to in a difficult way? And he quotes the whole flow. And, and anyway, asked the Nasivis, what was you, what was the, what was behind Yehuda's suggestions? Why did he change his thought process? First he said death and servitude. Why should all of them go into servitude? And then he said all of Adam. What was the thought process of the, all, not Yehuda, all of the Shvatim said that earlier. And now Yehuda's getting upset. So what exactly is going, is going on here? Line 12. Ulataretz Zenire. Says the Nachlas Yaakov, we have to get into the minds of the Shvatim. We have to get into the minds of the Shvatim. Ulataretz Zenire. Dehine. Even though it was really in their ability. The Shvatim, as we learned in last week's parsha, they could have taken on the whole city. They could have taken on all Mitzrayim. Right? They were, they were, they didn't do that. 
They were speaking to him with humility. Why were the brothers not attacking? Why did they do this? Because as, as it says in the Torah, they put two and two together. They realized maybe this is because of what they did. Maybe this is ultimately from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Chashvu line 14. They realize we sold our brother, Avdus. They're putting, they're putting it together. They're reading between the lines of history. They realized. They realized this is a punishment. So what did they first say? They realize, they know the halacha, obviously through their Ruach HaKodesh, kidnapping is Chiyav Misa. For the ones that said, let's kill him. And therefore, what just happened? Let's go to the end of the parsha again. Whoever comes... They, whoever has the, has the goblet, what did the Shvatim say? Chayamisa. Because they assumed that HaKadosh Baruch Hu would be Masabev Hasibos, that the ones who originally wanted to kill Yosef would be the ones where the goblet is. And that's why the brothers say, okay, Chayamisa, the rest of us will be Avadim because we were accomplices to the crime. That was the first suggestion that they had at the end of Miketz. Right, where do we have such an idea? Remember the Mashal Kadmoni, the Gemara Makis, Rashi quotes it at the end of Sefer by Midbar, somebody killed on purpose, somebody killed by accident, Hashem will make them go to the same Pundik, one will be on top of the ladder, the bottom of the ladder, fall down, and there will be Adim, and the one who's supposed to go to Gaulus will go to Gaulus, the one who's supposed to be killed will be killed. So that's what the brothers were thinking. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will arrange things that the goblet somehow ended up in the knapsack of Shimon Alevi. That was their first suggestion. And the rest of them will be avadim ki baskamas kulam nimkar laevet. But then he was sold, so they would all be avadim. But then what happens? Binyamin. Binyamin? He wasn't even in the sale. How is that possible then that this whole discussion that we are having with ourselves is about the Onesh of Mechiris Yosef? It must be it's not Mechiris Yosef. Up until that point, they thought it has to be. They said, They said, it can't be Mechiris Yosef. So they thought, okay, maybe it's not because of this, but we're, we're starting the Shibud. They knew, they knew that promise to their great-grandfather. Right, their great grandfather's promised to go to Erisolahem, and they thought maybe they're they're being the cause now of starting that servitude. But then what does Yosef say to them? No, you could all leave. It's just Binyamin. They realize there's something going on here. It must not be because of anything that they did, because Binyamin didn't do anything. And he's being the one. So they realize it's not because of any of the Khatoim. That's why Yehuda stands up. And Dibir love Kasho. Something is going on here that's not right. We were set up. We don't know what's going on. And that's the change of suggestions of the brothers at the end of Miketz and here at the beginning of Vayigash. 
Lekichas binyam and la'eved diber ito kashos va'amr, and he says, we're not leaving without binyamin. Or my dead body, literally. Yehuda says, it's not happening, and that explains the conversation and why diber elav kashos. Okay. Moving right along. So, what happens? Yosef cannot handle it anymore. Perak memhei. Velo yachol Yosef letapek. After this long speech of Yehuda, Yosef cannot bear to hold it in anymore. Everybody else get out. Nobody was there when he reveals himself. Right? We tremble every time we hear these words every year in Shul. The feelings that go, the shivers that go with us. And the brothers can't answer. Remember the Beis Halevi from years ago that we discussed. Yosef says, don't worry. They couldn't answer. That's the first reaction they have. Come close. Come close. I am Yosef, your brother, that you sold. By the way, that's the line that's troublesome for the Rashbam's pshat in Vayeshev. Remember the Rashbam was the one that said, Pshuto shal mikra and Vayeshev, the brothers never sold. Yosef, they threw him into a pit, and then while they were busy eating, Yishmaelim came, and Mijanim came, and they sold them, and they, so the Rashbam says, look at those, the, the psukim there, it sounds like they didn't sell them. The problem is this pasuk. Hashem according to the Rashbam, it has to mean that you caused me to be sold. Right, that's what you have to say. Read one pasuk, a lot of the other one. But either way, Yosef says, don't be angry, don't be upset. Again, to save you. So Yosef has his own little speech. I'm here to bring a she'eris ba'aretz alachios v'am lefleit ha'gedola. V'yata lo atem shalachta mosi heina ki ha'elokim. It wasn't you, it was God. V'yisimieni la'av lefaro u'ladon l'chol meso. And then maru ba'alu. His long speech of his own. I have to count up the psukim. Right? Yehuda has a long one, and now Yosef. Quickly go up to father. Come down there, it's Goshen. I'll take care of you. And finally, after these 13 psukim, Binyamin and Yosef embrace and cry. Rashi, this was a deep cry. This wasn't what it looks like. What were they crying for? As we know, Binyamin and Yosef, those are the two Makomos in Eretz Yisrael, where the Makomos HaMikdash were. Rashi, right? Yosef was crying for the two Bate Mikdash that were in Binyamin, right? Binyamin and Yehuda. The border went right through the base of Mikdash, right? Right next to the Mizbeach. That's why the southeast corner of the Mizbeach didn't have a Yesod, because the entire Mizbeach had to be in Binyamin. Um, the uncle is on that Pasuk. Uh, so, Yosef is crying for the Mikdash. And Binyamin was crying for Mishkan Shiloh that was in Yosef. of Saratskin. Chazal usually are bothered by something when they say a pshat that's delo kipshuto shomikra. What's wrong with the pasha pshat in this pasuk? Right? They cried because they haven't seen each other in two decades. 
Right? Why do you have to say, oh, they were crying for the Beis Hamikdash. They were crying for Shiloh. They were crying because they were two brothers that haven't seen each other. And he had ten sons that he named for his brother. Mupim, chupim, ar- this is an emotional moment. Who wouldn't cry? And yet Chazal say, no, they were crying for the Bati Mikdash. And for the Mishkan. So is this just another level? Was there something that clued Chazal in that the Pashib Shat is not the only interpretation? So venerally, so, so one answer, so what does the Azayim Torah say? Let's read his first. Venerally, Sha'al Hatsaros Hayalem Livkos Tekef, Bishah Shehisvada Yosef El Achav. They should have cried right away, says the Azayim Torah. There was a 12 Pusik speech that Yosef gave. It doesn't say that they cried before that. It says that Yosef, a little bit, right? He quotes in the, in the parentheses. It says, Vayitein is kolo bibchi. Yosef was like a little teary. But it does not say the brothers cried at all. Why does it only, they only cried later? Well, they only cried later. Why didn't they cry right away? Shalatzor asaylam lukos teke, b'shash isfadel Yosef. Aval. Acharesha diberi mohem. Aruchos viksaros. V'asatachnes lahaba. But what was Yosef just telling them? Come down. Bring Yaakov. You'll be in Goshen. The brothers realize this is the beginning of the Galos. Mitzrayim is the source of all Galios. The four Galios of Bavel, Paras, Yavan, and Romi, Esav, those four have at the root the original Galos, and that's Mitzrayim. That's the original Galos. So the brothers, after this speech, recognize that the process is starting. The process of Gullus, which includes the Chorbanos, which includes going in and which includes going out, and that's the crying. They both start crying. Why? Line 20. Vahainu, Shebisha Shechlitu, Shal Yaakov Ubanov, Loredes Mitzrayma, Lekabel Alemus, Oh, Agolas Arishona, they realize this is the beginning of the fulfillment of the Brisbane of Asarim, Bereslolahem, the first Galus, Chazu Beruah Kadsham, Gamas Galus Bavel, the Galus Edom, the Gamas Chorben Shiloh, Bate Mikdash. You know what they were crying for? They were crying for all of the Tsaris, and the pogroms, and the crusades, and the holocaust. That's what they were crying for. Because they realize that's what's starting now. Parshas Vayigash starts the story of Galus. Like the Meshachachma we mentioned years ago on the Pasuk Maras Halayla. Hashem appears to Yaakov Maras Halayla because he's the Av of Galus on his way down. This is the beginning. This is the beginning which we haven't gotten out of yet. Rachman al-Litzlan. Ubacha Yosef al-Churban Beis Bati Migdash. Shibachal Koshel Binyamin. Binyamin Bachad Churban Mishkan Shilo. Bachal Koshel Yosef. And that's what they are crying for. That's what they are crying for. Then he discusses the different uh, Lashonos of, uh, of Vayevk in the second, uh, um, second uh, column. But either way, this is his, this is his Yisot. There's another idea that one might mention. Again, 
Pshuto Shomikra. Right? He explains why, why did they cry right away. There might be another reason. Very often, you know, when somebody is in shock, they don't cry right away. Right? There, there's a pent up of emotions that things have to sink in first. And after things sink in, only then is there a release. And once there's the release, so then the crying starts. So it could be while Yosef was talking, they were still in, in shock and they were still not knowing what to do with themselves. And they were still trying, trying to digest what was happening. Afterwards, afterwards, then Yosef like stops talking and all of a sudden, all this emotion. Right? It happens often when we're under a lot of stress, when we're under pressure, when we have something major happening. You know, afterwards, maybe you're shutting up Kipper. Like afterwards, a little bit afterwards, we feel this release. We feel this, this, this lessening of the tension, and not right away, but when that happens, a little delay. So that could be why they didn't cry. Again, the Azan Torah is going down a different path, uh, that it was Dafka they didn't, and that's how Chazal, and that's how Chazal knew. Okay. Let's get to another Pasuk, which has a very famous Rashi, but we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on the other day of the Madras, which Rashi does not quote. Memhei Chavzayin. So they go back to Mitzrayim, they go back from Mitzrayim to Canaan, and they go meet their father. They go meet their father, Yaakov. Yosef gives them wagons. And then he gives Binyamin extra portions. Good, not for now. Gives them instructions. And by Yalu Mitzrayim, by Yavu Eretz Kanal, Yaakov Aviyam, by Yagidu Lo Lemar, Od Yosef Chai V'Chiyam Moshe V'Chol Eretz Mitzrayim. You cannot say all of these tzukim with like emphatic, emphatic uh, pronunciations. By Yafag Libo, he couldn't believe it. Lo Ha'amin Lahem. By Dabrui Love, as they called the very Yosef Shadibar Lahem, and finally by Yaris Ha'Agalos, a seemingly minor detail which the Torah sticks in. He sees the Agalos. And then he believed. What does it mean, the Agalos? He saw the Agalos that Yosef sent them. What kind of Agalos are these? What does that mean? So Rashi quotes the famous Medrash. Agalos, if you switch around the Nakudos, could be Egla. Egla Arufa. The anonymous corpse sugya. That was the last sugya that they were discussing. And therefore, Yosef was reminding Yaakov, I'm still around. That was the last sugi. It's really me. It's really me. And we discussed in the past, many Mepharshim pick up on what's the significance? Was it Stam? They could have been discussing anything. And Egla Arufa was the last one. Or is there something about the content of Egla Arufa that is significant to the state that Yosef is in now? And what Yaakov might have been Choshech from, from him. But there's another opinion in the Medrash that Rashi does not quote. There's another opinion in the Medrash. If you look in source number four, the Medrash, Bracious Rab and our Parsha, Tzadi David, Rabbi Levi, B'Shem, Rabbi Yehuda, Bar Shalomer, Amar Lahem Yosef, Im Yamin Lachem Harei Mutaf, if he, Yaakov, believes you, great, V'im Lav, Atem Omrim Lo, B'Shosh, Epirashti, Mimchal, Lo, B'Parshas, Egla, Arufa, Ayiti, Yoseik, that's the last sugya. Okay. Gersa Acheres. 
different girsa. Kishapirashti mimcha. At least this is not the Rashi that we have. Maybe it's a different Rashi, but it's a day of the Medrash. Kishapirashti mimcha beparshas agolos hamishkan hayitiosek. The wagons in the Mishkan in the Midbar. That's the sugya that I've been involved in. That was the last sugya they were doing, and that's what Yosef was reminding us of. The wagons in the Mishkan. Ask the Arach Laner in his Sefer on Chumash, Minchas Oni. So you have here, um, it quoted here in the Lekatov. I don't have a Minchas Oni myself, so I have it through the, the Lekatov. What's the significance? Egla Rufa, everyone talks about. What's the significance? Arvus, mutual uh, responsibility. But the wagons in the Mishkan... What is the message of the wagons in the Mishkan? Says Rabbi Yaakov Atlinger, the Arach Laner. It's an amazing ha'ara. Maybe uh, some are familiar with it. But it must be emphasized. We just read it on Hanukkah. We read it so many times. We read it so many times, right? The Karbanos of the Nesim. The Karbanos of the Nesim talk all about how the Nesim had to consecrate the Mishkan and they brought one from every carbon in order that each of their each of their carbonos could be Mechanach the Mishkan. They each brought a Chatos, they each brought an Ola, they didn't bring an Asham, because Asham is like a Chatos, the Ramban says, they each brought a Shlamim, they each brought the Ketores, they each brought one carbon. How many were they brought? Thirteen. Well, twelve, actually. And then the, uh, the, um, at the end, as we have Yom Ashti Asar Yom, but Yom, uh, uh, third, uh, they have 12, and then we have the, uh, the sum up of the, on the Shemas of Yom and Nasilim Naftali, right, one for eight Shevet, one for each Shevet, um, and we have Menashe and Ephraim separately, and not Levi, and that's the Ramban at the beginning of Baloscha, that his Shevet wasn't, uh, didn't take part. Great. But if we look at the beginning, so one of everything, every Shevet brings one of everything, there's one thing that is not brought by each one. There's one item in the whole list that is shared. That is shared. Maybe we don't notice it. We relayed it on the first day of Hanukkah. Vayehi, right beginning of the parak, when Moshe Rabbeinu finished putting up the Mishkan, Vayakrivenu siyei Yisrael rashi beis avosam, heinu siyei amatos heima omdim lapakudim. Vayehi was karbanam lefrei Hashem. They brought their karbanos, twelve of everything. What's the first thing that said? Vayehi was karbanam lefrei Hashem. Sheish eglos tzav. Six wagons. And then we go into and they bring all of the all of the items. Right, the four cattle for the two wagons. So after all of this, the Orachaner points out. Every two nesiim, they shared. What's the message? Everything is separate, but you also share something. There are two elements of our avodas Hashem. We might call it chovos yachid v'chovos tzibur. The Archmaner calls it his yachdus, Milosh and Yachid, the his chabrus. 
from unity. Mitzad echad, chayev kolechon mi Yisrael avodas hakadosh baruch hu b'chol kocho kilu b'shvilo nivra olam. We all have our own unique individual relationship with Hashem and our personal obligations. Rabbi Shvili never ha'olam, the Mishnah says, in Sanhedrin. V'zetz are a gadol of al yomer ha'adam. Ma'yechzam evodat Hashem im lo avid oso. Right? That's the Mishnah. Right? If I don't do it, right, who's going to do it? Emein anili mili. I have a lot of individual obligations. Ya'achad imzeh lo dai b'avodat ha'yachid. It's not enough, though, to be individual. Jerusha she titchaber avodasum avodat ha'cherim. It has to be together. There's a chovas hayachid, mutal on each yachid, but it's only bishlemusa. When it's mitzuraf to the tzibur, that's the message. By the carrying of the kodesh. Everyone gets ox. Every two shared a wagon, but two oxen. But as Hagalos, they shared Chovas Hahitz Tarfus. So there's Yachid and there's Sibur, says the Minchas Ani. The Rama emphasizes this in Hilchas Shuva in a very powerful Rambam. The Rambam in Paragimel of Hilchas Shuva, where he talks all about the different types of categories of Minim. The Rambam says, uh, Minim and Apikarsim and Mishumadim. And Machtie Harabim, all these people who, who, uh, the Ramam has on this list in, in Paragimo that, um, are difficult and Hashem, uh, makes it hard for them to do tshuva. But the Ramam says in Halacha Yud Aleph, Haporesh Midarke Tzibor. Someone who separates himself from the ways of the Tzibor. Af Alpishalo Avar Averos. He didn't do anything wrong. Every Sifkatan and Shulchan Arach, he did Mahadrim and Amahadrim. Ella Nivdal Meadas Yisrael. These are mitzvos, but it doesn't take part in the tzibur. Says the Rambam. You could do every chumra of tefillin and tzitzis and matzah and shofar and lulav. But if somebody is poresh, Says the Menchazani, there's Yachid and there's Tzibor. So now, what does this have to do with us? Vehine, line 27. Yaakov realizes and realized that even if he gets Yosef back, and Yosef realized that Yaakov would have this chashash too, that there would only be in answer and a full nechama if everybody gets along and if there's achdus and if there's togetherness like Yaakov said at the end of his life hey, before he gave each of the individual brachas he brings them all together that's why he, he, he felt terrible that the brothers hated Yosef because you know what he felt that the brothers hate Yosef Yosef probably hates the brothers too right so Yosef realizes that Yaakov has the shash. So what does he do? He sends back the Agolos. Because what did the Agolos symbolize? Symbolizes I'm not just in it for myself. Right? I'm in it to be with the brothers. Right? Similar idea to Eglarufa, but in a different way. The Agolos were shared. 
Goes for shared. He also quotes maybe there was another reason that he thought uh, what he was worried about. But this is the one we're going to focus on. It's the Agolas HaMishkan. That's what Yosef sends back to Yaakov. And that's what Yaakov says. Okay, I realize he loves his brothers and it was all part of the divine plan. Okay. Moving right along, a passage that we referred to earlier. Memvav Dalin. So Yaakov Avinu is ready to go down. And what does he do? He starts the journey and he stops by Beersheba. Hashem says to Yisrael, one of the four people that Hashem mentioned their name twice. Don't fear, you will become a great nation. I will go down with you. And I will go up with you. Yosef will put his hand on your eyes. Good. Ask the Archaim He says, I will go down with you. Meaning, Hashem says, I will be with you in Mitzrayim. Right? This is the famous concept of Shechinta Begalusa, Imo Anochi Besara. Hashem is going to be with us in Mitzrayim. But wait a minute. We remember the Rashi that we're going to read in a couple of weeks. When Moshe Rabbeinu was asked to daven for one of the makos to stop, what does he say? Kitsesi es ha'ir. Shmos tes What does Rashi say there? Well, I can't daven for you here because this city is full of avodas elilim, full of idols. I need to go outside the city to daven. One second, I thought Hashem is in Mitzrayim with them. That's what Hashem promises here. Anochi ereid imcha Mitzrayimah. So why does Moshe have to go out of the country in order to daven to Hashem. Hashem is there. So says the Arachayim HaKadosh, a very obvious thought, but a thought that needs to be said. We mentioned this many years ago from a different Sefer, but here we'll see it from the Arachayim HaKadosh. V'ulai. So maybe he says first, without coming to his major Yisod first, maybe Maybe it doesn't mean that Hashem is going to be with us in Proximity. It just means it pains me too. Imo anochi b'tzara. I'm not going to Mitzrayim, but it pains me too that you're in. Imo anochi. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be with you. Physi- I mean, Hashem is not physical anyway. But it just means it's a state. But then he says much deeper. It says many places that the Shechina is in Mitzrayim. Golol Mitzrayim, Shechina Imahem. Rishtach Yisrael Rosh Hamita, right, when the Baya in Vayachi, right, the Shechina was there by the Cholep. Shechina Shlima Laminyan, 70, 69 plus Hashem, many Chazals. So what's the answer? And this helps explain many different sources. Many different sources. Let's throw out another question. What does the Megamar say? If ten people are learning Torah, Shechina Imahem. And even if five people, and even if three people, and even if two people, and even if one person. So why does the Gemara just say one? Why does it have to say ten people learning Torah? Just say one person learning Torah. Says the Archaim HaKadosh, we can't really explain it, but we can mention it. And that is, there are different levels of Hashra'as HaShechina. Whatever that means. There's different intensities of Hashem's residing His presence. Mishkan. 
Right, when somebody learns Torah, there's Shechina. The Shechina only came after they built the Mishkan. When somebody learns Torah, there's Shechina. Elavada yesh hadargot ein misparlohem. There's an infinite number of levels of Hashra'as Hashechina. Besod ki gavame al gavoa shomer. V'yisrabeha or bahashra'aso kifi bechinas hasovev hashra'as Hashechina. Whatever the cause is. Or cause, more or less. And learning Torah. There was Shechina on our Sinai. There's Shechina in the room right now when we're learning. So, what does that mean? It means there are different levels, different qualities of Shechina. We can't understand it, but we can know that there are different qualities. The intensity of the Shechina that Moshe wanted to connect to when he davened to remove the Makkah did not exist in Mitzrayim. Hashem's Shechina went into Mitzrayim on a, so to speak, lower level. Because Hashem couldn't be in Mitzrayim in a place where the Vodas Elilim. But some level of Shechina went in. How do you also see that in the Pasuk? Ask the Arachayim, why does it repeat the word Anochi in the Pasuk? Anochi Eredem Cha Mitzrayimah it should say, I will go down, I'll take you up. The double Anochi is being Maramist. Anochi, I'm going down, but the Anochi, a different Anochi, so to speak. A different quality of Hashem Shechina is going to take you up and go up with you. Because going down, it won't be on the, that quality of, of intensity, and that's alluded to in the fact that it says Anochi two times. That's what he writes at the, at the, uh, at the end. Okay, so that's a, that's a defining Arachayim HaKadosh. I could explain many different uh, Gemaras and Chazals. The Shechina never left uh, the, uh, the Kotel HaMaravi. The Shechina is around every time we learn. All different different levels of Hashra's HaShechina. Good. End of the Parsha. Last Pasuk of the Parsha. After we have the famine and it stops and the, uh, the brothers come down and uh, Yosef buys all the land. The last pasuk of the parsha, Vayeshev Yisrael Beres Mitzrayim Beres Goshen, Vayeachzuba Vayifru Vayirbu Maod. They went, they lived in Eretz Mitzrayim in Eretz Goshen, and they had an achiza there, Vayifru Vayirbu Maod. As for Moshe, we knew four times already in the parsha that Eretz Goshen is in Eretz Mitzrayim. Why does that have to repeat again? They stayed in Mitzrayim, they stayed in Goshen. So Rav Moshe says to teach us that. There's no land in the entire world that Torah cannot be lived. Even in Mitzrayim. The Eretz Mitzrayim, there was a Goshen even in Mitzrayim. Shebechol Medina, says Ramosha. Efshar lil mod velavod as Hashem yisbarach. Velo yomru shebemedina zui efshar. Oh, in the old, in the Altaheim, in the old country, they could serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right, this is one of Ramosha's classic themes that he talks about. Right, in all of his farim, right, where Moshe was there in America, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, right, all those years, dec- decades, where Rahman al-Islam saw so many Jews who had the attitude of, we can't live like that, right? It's old-fashioned to be Shomri Torah Mitzvahs. In this country, it can. Where Moshe says, no, every country. Be'eretz Mitzrayim, Be'eretz Goshen. Even in Mitzrayim. That's Ramosha. But just to add to Ramosha and to compliment Ramosha, but that does not mean that one thinks that any of those Medinos are the ultimate place of building a Goshen. And for that, we remember the Klayakar, the end of Ayigash and the beginning of Ayachi. We did this before, but I gave you again, source number seven, the Klayakar and Vayigash. What did the last Pasuk say? 
he focuses on a different word. Not the Be'eretz Mitzrayim, but Vayeachazuba. They had an achiza. Says the Klayakar, this represents a chait of Am Yisrael. They went down there just to get respite because there was a famine, they needed food. What happens? Vayeachzuba. They got comfortable there. They had an achiza. Right at the beginning of Shmos, the Nitziv says on that Pasik, they went out of Goshen eventually. They spread out, and that's why the Mitzrayim hated them. They were assimilating in Mitzrayim. Says the Klayakar, And that was a problem. And that was a problem. And that's also what he writes at the beginning of next week's Parsha in Vayachi. Maybe this could be a key of, of next week's Parsha. Right, he says, he says that, uh, you know, people forget. People forget. And he says, even here in Prague, says the Klayakar in the 1500s, people forget what they're hoping for. Yes, it's true what Ramosha Feinstein says. Be'eretz Mitzrayim, Be'eretz Goshen, a Torah life could be lived anywhere. But you can't think that that's the ultimate place to live a Torah life. And that's what he writes, unbelievably, on line 5. It's so common. They build serious mansions in Galus. Why would a person want a daven to be brought to Yerushalayim and Eretz Yisrael if they have a gorgeous mansion somewhere in Galus, says the Klayakar in Prague in the 1500s. I don't know what kind of mansions it looks like there. Batim svunim v'chashuvim. is not interested in that type of behavior, says the Klayakar, in very biting words. So yes, it's true. We have to recognize what Ramosha says. Be'eretz Mitzrayim, Be'eretz Goshen. But we also have to recognize that that's not, that's not the ultimate place to build a Goshen. Okay. Let's end tonight's year with a thought on the Haftorah. From Rav Rivlin and his set of Svarim on the, uh, on the Haftorah. Very important. And you saw this thick Haftorah. As we know, the Haftorah comes from Yechezkel, Perak Lamed Zion. The Haftorah of the two branches coming together. Two branches, right? Ben Adam, he tells Yechezkel, take one branch and write on it Yehuda, one branch and write on it Yosef. Yehuda and Yosef come together in our parsha. And of course, the Haftorah is talking about Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David coming together. There will come a time where there will be achdus. There will be achdus coming together from the malchus that split. Says Rav Rivlin, there's, there's a lot of messages to this achdus. Shnei o'etzim elu, line three. Misamlim shnei kochos, asher bizchabram yachad, bonim ebnei beis Yisrael, v'smiktash Hashem b'socham. Yehuda and Yosef symbolize two kochos, that coming together, that is Am Yisrael, and that is all of history. Even though they're not exactly the same, at different times in history, they take on different forms, but at root, it's what happened at the beginning of time until what's going to happen at the end of time. What does he mean? Beginning of time. Hashem created the world with din, and Rachamim. Right? The first Rashi, beginning of the, of the, of the Torah. Not the first, the first Pasik. Bereshis bara lokim, bara, lo bara Hashem, shebetchila Allah b'vachshavasa, livrosa b'midas hadin, Rashi in Olam eskayim. And he put Rachamim also. Rachamim, chesed, 
and Din. Chesed and Rachamim and Din. Those are the two. He says, that was the beginning of time. Let's keep going. Avram Avinu. 20, 20th or so generations. Gambis, Avos, Am Yisrael, Shutafim, Shnei Kochos. The Avos had these two Kochos. Avram met Bia, Be'umas, Midas, Chesed. Avram's all about Chesed. What does Chesed mean? It's focusing out, involving others, going out and gaining, spreading monotheism, caring about others on an active way. Yitzchak is the opposite. Gvura. Within, Kovesh is Yetzer. Right, the, the Akedah allowing himself to be Ne'ekad. That's Avraham and that's Yitzchak. Yaakov Avinu is both. Midas Emes is Kolo both. And that's why he's Titan Emes Yaakov. Fascinating, says Rabbi Rivlin. Each of the Avos needed a balance. And that was their wives. Avraham Avinu was about Chesed. Sarah was more about Din. And that was the balance. Yitzchak was about Gvura. Rivka was more of the chesed, the Ezer Kinegdo. Yaakov had both elements in him. He has two wives. Two wives. It's not, not coincidental. Yaakov, ha-mu'ufyan b'shtei midos, t'orach shtei noshim li'izlo'azein, li'izun kolachas mehem. Rachel mimidas ha-chesed, le'ya midas ha-gvura. V'chul. And that's why in Rus he quotes the Pasek, Karachalu Chaleya, Asher Banu Shteyem Espeis Yisrael. So at the beginning of time, there was Chesed and Din. The Avos, there was Chesed and Gvura, Chesed and Din. And says Rav Kook now, he quotes, the Meshach Historia Shalom Yisrael, these Kochos of Leah and Rachel come out again. Yehuda and Yosef. What is Sheva Yehuda about? Yehuda goes down and builds Goshen. What's Goshen? Malchus based David. David HaMelech. Yehuda and Yosef, let's first talk about. Yosef is involved in Mitzrayim. Yosef is Mepharnes the whole world. Yosef is following from Rachel. Chesed. Going out, being Mepharnes. Yehuda is following from Leah. Focused on within. Going to Goshen. Building a base medrash there. Being an or by staying within. By creating Gvulos. Rav Kook Masbir Shesheva Yehuda Dagal Beshita Shel Avoda Mi Befnim. Next page. Vilu Sheva Yehud Yosef Avoda Shabachutz. Lefanenu. And if you think about it, Shtegi Shol Ladarko Shel Am Yisrael Shamesh Or Lagoyim. These are really two paths. How to be a shining light to the other nations? Do we do our own thing within our own borders, creating an unbelievably perfect society, and that memela people will see that and be inspired? A Yehuda type of element within Gvura, Kovish is within perfecting from within, or the other attitude of directly being involved in going outside and being Mashpia and being like Avram Avinu and being going out actively. Bitsur Mamlacha Segura, Shetakrinat Or HaEmes, Al Kol Olam Bechinas Anlo Vadad Yishkon, O Pizur Yisrael Ben Haamim Mito Kesher Am Hamer Im Hamerkaz Bechinas Kol Haroe. Amazing. Yos Shiloh, we spoke about this before, was his Yosef, unusual halacha. It's not about being within the walls of Yerushalayim. Right? Insular from Malchus based David, based Hamigdash. Shiloh is Bechal Haroah. As long as you could see the Mishkan, you're able to eat. Symbolic of Yosef, the Mishkan, that was the chesed and the outward focus. And he says, now he continues, 
Shnei Abrichim Alalu Yavol Adei Bitui Line 19 Behemshach Bahalach Hashanim Bidiyah Halu'umit Bidiyah HaElokit In Rav Kuk Lashon He says When Bnei Yisrael are in their land and they have these two elements these two elements which we might call Yehuda being a more spirit and again this is expanding a little bit the ideas but a focusing on within, focusing on a religious perfection from within. That's the Yehuda, that's Machos based Davin. Versus, Rav Kook says, focusing outward, being a nation that's involved in other nations, that develops and is mashpia directly, those two are the ultimate, together. But, Ha'ichud, line 26, during the time of David and Shlomo, they were both. They were both from within a perfected nation and from without being mashpia, right? All the other nations came and were inspired and there was involvement. Ulam toin araba, Rav Kook said, line 27, what happened toward the Sefer Malachim? And why was there a churban? They focused on the national being a nation among other nations and they forgot the connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Yehuda element. They were focused on a building and an army and a v'chulu. Baruch Hu said, you have to go into Galus. He removed the nationhood element. Again, we don't have time to go into all of it in order for them to go into Galas and to get back the connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu directly in terms of that aspect. And ultimately, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu deems it fit, he'll bring us back and in that way be able to get both of them back. Again, I'm not, I'm not doing it justice here, but that's what he quotes at the end. But ultimately, it's about Yehuda and Yosef. It's about the two models of being an Arla Goyim from within and being an Arla Goyim actively going out. Right? There are different models that we have even in our Gdolim. The Lubavitcher Rebbe represents one type of model of how to be Mashpia. Revol Yashif represents a different model of how to be Mashpia. Even amongst our leaders, we have leaders of like Yosef and leaders of like Yehuda, but that is the ultimate day as we read in the Torah when they both come together and the Chesed and the Gvura and the Avos and the Imos, all of their Midos combine to the day when, as Hashem, we would all be back uh, celebrating with the return of Mashiach and Malchus base David. Okay, we'll stop here next week. There won't be a shear. The following week, I'm not sure. Probably unlikely. Uh, and if not, we'll pick up with Belshem Va'era.